everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is January 20th. Today we're going to continue with this week's Come Follow Me block, and for the last couple days we've been talking about Section 3, which is revelation given to Joseph Smith and Martin Harris after they misplaced the 116 pages of manuscript. Today we're going to continue on in Doctrine and Covenants Section 4, but I do think it's important to note that in between Doctrine and Covenants Section 3 and 4, chronologically speaking, comes the revelation found in Doctrine and Covenants Section 10. Now, the reason that I think that this is important to recognize is that in Section 3, we see that Joseph loses the Urim Thummim and he loses the plates and the ability to translate for a season. And when he gets those back, we see this revelation here in Section 10. And there's a verse in Section 10 that I think is really important if we're going to understand the revelation given in Doctrine and Covenants 4. In Doctrine and Covenants Section 10, The Lord tells Joseph Smith, do not run faster or labor more than you have strength and means provided to enable you to translate. So even though Joseph Smith had the plates, he had the Urim Thummim, he still was told, don't run faster or labor more than you have strength and means. And so he didn't work a lot on the translation until Oliver Cowdery came to act as his scribe. But here, as we approach section four, we see that Joseph isn't translating very much. He had kind of stopped the work of translation, and instead, he was doing a lot of farm work. He had purchased a small farm from his father-in-law in order to provide for his family. And in February of 1829, Joseph's dad came to visit Joseph and Emma on their farm. And that is when section four was given. And it was a revelation given to Joseph Smith Sr. Now, Joseph Smith Sr. must have been an incredible man. Everything we read about Joseph Smith Sr. and everything we know about him shows that he was a believer of everything that his son said. I would imagine that, especially at the time, it would have been very difficult for a lot of fathers to follow their sons and to look up to their sons in that way. But From everything that we see from Joseph Smith Sr., he was extremely humble and very devout in believing his son, always following Joseph and wanting to do what the Lord would have him do. Joseph Smith Sr. was the first patriarch of the church and even served a mission at age 64 to the eastern states. And even though this revelation was given directly to Joseph Smith Sr., We really can read it as if it's being given to anyone with desires to serve God. Speaking of section four, Joseph Fielding Smith said, This revelation is very short, only seven verses, but it contains sufficient counsel and instruction for a lifetime study. No one has yet mastered it. It was not intended only as a personal revelation to Joseph Smith, but to be of benefit to all who desire to embark in the service of God. It is a revelation to each member of the church, especially to all who hold the priesthood. Perhaps there is no other revelation in all our scriptures that embodies greater instruction pertaining to the manner of qualification of members of the church for the service of God, and in such condensed form than this revelation. It is as broad, as high, and as deep as eternity. No elder of the church is qualified to teach in the church 
or carry the message of salvation to the world until he has absorbed, in part at least, this heaven-sent instruction. Now, if that doesn't make you want to (laughs) study deeply Doctrine and Covenants 4, I don't know what will. I love that he says that it's only seven verses, but it contains sufficient counsel and instruction for a lifetime study. And that if we are to serve in the church, or if we are to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to make this section a part of who we are. We're not going to be perfect at it, of course, but we need to impart, embody what this section says. So let's take a look at verse one. It says, now behold, a marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. Now keep in mind, this revelation was given before the church was officially organized. It was given before the translation of the Book of Mormon. It was given before any priesthood had been restored to the earth. Truly, a marvelous work was about to come forward. I believe that that marvelous work is speaking about the restoration of the gospel and all the blessings that are associated with that restoration. But I also believe that that marvelous work includes the incredible advances that the world has had since the doors of revelation were opened again on this earth. Think about all the advances that have happened in this world since 1820. All the incredible advances in medicine in science, in technology, and even in freedoms. Within about 20 years of 1820, almost every single one of the Latin American countries received their independence from Spain, allowing the gospel of Jesus Christ to not only go forth in those countries, but to flourish in those countries. Since 1820, we have seen incredible advances in medicine, prolonging people's lives and allowing them to live healthier, fuller lives. We've seen incredible works in technology. The advent of computers and the internet make family history and temple work much more available and accessible to all of us. In fact, Brigham Young's daughter once asked her how it would ever be possible to accomplish the great amount of temple work that must be done if all are given a full opportunity for exaltation. He told her there would be many inventions of labor-saving devices so that our daily duties could be performed in a short time, leaving us more and more time for temple work. I think that is so fascinating. If you think about all the time-saving devices that we have now, washing machines and microwaves and dishwashers, all the incredible things that we've been given so that we have our time freed up for temple work and for family history work. I truly believe that all of these things are part of the marvelous work that was about to come forth, that the Lord was speaking about in this revelation to Joseph Smith. And truly, the great restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the establishment of the church of Jesus Christ, which houses that gospel, is this marvelous work as well. Elder Anderson said, One person, one puzzle piece at a time, finding the straight edges, working to rightly frame this divine work, Little by little, the stone cut without hands began to roll forth from hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands, and now millions of covenant Latter-day Saints across every nation are connecting the puzzle pieces of this marvelous work and wonder. Truly, my friends, the restored gospel of Jesus Christ and what it can do for our lives is a marvelous work and a wonder. 
but each and every one of us who are covenant-keeping members of the Church of Jesus Christ are part of this marvelous work. As you and I go forward day by day, striving to do what's right, keeping our covenants, loving our neighbors, and doing the things that our Father in Heaven would have us do, we are absolutely part of this marvelous work. Elder Holland said, This church, the great institutional body of Christ, is a marvelous work and a wonder, not only because of what it does for the faithful, but also because of what the faithful do for it. Your lives are at the very heart of that marvel. You are evidence of the wonder of it all. My friends, truly, God has always been concerned about the one, about the individual. And you and I, one by one, individually, are part of God's marvelous work. I look even just at the statistics of this podcast, and I see listeners in 44 different countries, including countries like Saudi Arabia, Omen, Turkey, Hong Kong, Kenya, Zimbabwe. I see listeners in all 50 states of the United States of America. And when I see that, I can't help but be in awe at the marvelous work that God has brought forth on the earth, allowing us to connect as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, allowing us to strengthen and to build one another, allowing us to grow and develop and bring in our neighbors and our loved ones. Truly, my friends, when the Lord told Joseph Smith that a marvelous work was about to come forth among the children of men, I don't think that Joseph Smith could have quite imagined what we see in the world today. But I testify that it is indeed a marvelous work, and I am awe-inspired by it daily. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.